Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Straight Talk Podcast. I am your host, as always, as he is Vince. Um, today, we have a very special episode because we have a very special guest. As you tuned into the previous episode, we did our Chicago Bulls team preview. And we're going to try to keep that trend going for a few episodes, see how many teams interest us and how many like you guys are actually interested in talking about. Today, we're going to be talking about the Toronto Raptors. And I couldn't do this episode alone. Uh, obviously, because if you're uh, watching the live stream, my co-host Bashara isn't available at the moment. He has workly duties to attend to. He may or may not show up during midstream. So uh, we shall see if he shows up like a wild encounter Pokemon in the tall grass. However, my guest today is an adequate, if not better replacement. He is a Toronto Raptors fan. He is the host of the Ryland Turner uh morning sports show if i got that correctly sports report but yeah sports report yes and he is also one half of the wednesday night wallop crew of course i am talking about mr rylan turner how are you doing today man i'm good i'm good i'm uh i'm enjoying a couple of iced coffees i'm trying to uh make sure that i sound as uh, adequate if not better than your co-host on this show we will see we will see well like like, I, i i love bosh i love bosh he uh you know, like I said, he he couldn't make it. He has the stats, man. I feel like he's kind of like the Kyle of he's my Kyle on Straight Talk because he comes right. in with the analytics, the advanced stats, and I'm over here like just like stargazing at the guy, mm-hmm. and I'm just that's, like, oh my, that, that, that that's usually how it goes. So I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, damn, look at all them stats you're bringing in, bro. <laughs> um, how you been, Rylan? I haven't talked to you since uh, we uh, did Smack Raw about like what three weeks, four weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been all right. I'm I'm in the process of trying to move, so those are always fun times in one's life. Um, and Halloween is almost upon us, so I'm uh I've got my Halloween costume planned out. I'm hosting oh, yeah? the Halloween party at work, which is uh, nice. for the public. Nice. So it's my first live hosting duties, so that'll be fun. I'm going as Ted Lasso this year because it's Ted the best Lasso. sports show uh, <laughs> on television right now. I think. all right. Well, um, ho- yeah, go on. I was just going to say for anyone who who, who really loves a, a you know a comedy based around the sports world uh Ted Lasso if you've got an Apple TV subscription or if you know how to just pirate the fuck out of that shit do it cuz it's great it's really really good For sure man uh so like I mentioned we're here to talk around some Raptors basketball before we do man uh you said you had a question for me Yeah, uh, yeah so let, 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 let's start with that well, this this is a this is a question because I know you're a Chicago native and and there have been two prominent Chicago Chicago natives that have had a rough year. So I my question to you is uh, who's had a rougher fall from grace? Has it been CM Punk or has it been Kanye West? Ooh, ooh, that's a that's a tough one, man. Kanye West or CM Punk? Who has the who's had the bigger fall from grace? Well, like, and, let's, and let's remind everyone that Kanye has just been dropped from everything, including CAA. Adidas just dropped him, mm-hmm. so there's no more Yeezy gear. Well, I like I'll say this. I don't know if I can answer perfectly the question. I might tiptoe around it. Like a good uh, NBA player at a press conference, uh, tiptoeing around mm-hmm. the question, I would say that Kanye's had 
in terms of an image, he's had a, a bigger fall from grace because people are starting to drop. Like you said, Adidas, so many people are dropping him. So people are starting to question not only his mental health, but like his like his decisions, everything about the man, his character choices with the whole White Lives Matter, like merchandise that he's out here like uh, representing. With CM Punk, I feel like this is this is kind of like more or less lending credence to the fact that people are like, yeah, see, he told you he was a jerk, he was a piece of shit with WWE. He's he always acts like this wherever he goes. So I think with the whole CM Punk situation, I think that's more or less like proving the haters correctly. Um, but but yeah. I think both still have their supporters. Matt Ritter from my co-host on the Smack the Raw podcast, he still supports CM Punk and doesn't really see too many issues of what he did except from like airing personal grievances on air and maybe throwing fisticuffs with the EVPs. But uh yeah <laughs> um I would say I, I I'd say I'd say Kanye's gonna bounce back faster than CM Punk though. Ooh, ooh, good luck to Kanye. Good yeah. luck to him. At least, at least at least CM Punk's gonna get paid to sit at home. This is he, true. This is true. He, he uh, might he, uh, he might not have to leave a home anymore. Um, do you think, uh, and I, I don't want to focus on this too much because I know this is a sports show and, and specifically talking about the Raptors, but uh, yeah. do you think there's any chance Punk goes back to WWE? Ooh. I, and and I, I will say, I am a, a supporter as well. I'll say, like, I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. I'll say it this way, man. I think that he has as much of a chance to go back to WWE as the Bulls do going to the NBA, NBA Eastern Conference Finals. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, I, 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 shot, I, but yeah, I brought it back. I brought it back. <laughs> I brought it back full circle. Uh, so let's, uh, let's talk about these Toronto Raptors, man. Uh, they made sure. a few moves, nothing too major. They re-signed Thaddeus Young, Thadjik Johnson, who I loved on Chicago. Uh, Chris Boucher, a guy that I wanted the Bulls to pick up. So, so far, so good. And they, they signed uh, Otto Porter Jr., Chicago Bulls legend and NBA champion. With the Golden State Warriors, they signed him to a two-year deal as a second second-year player option. Nothing too crazy, but I don't think the Raptors really needed to make too many adjustments, too many moves. They they already had a very solid roster. Their biggest pickup last year was Scotty Barnes, who goddamn, like I wish I had a Scotty Barnes on this team. <laughs> he would fit in perfectly on the Chicago Bulls. Like uh, in the preseason, they went three and two. They picked up wins against the Jazz and two wins against the Boston Celtics. Shout out to the Celtics taking those L's. They did lose, however, to the Houston Rockets and the and uh, and the Chicago Bulls in preseason. Uh, you guys let Andre Drummond go three for three for the three point line, and I will continuously bring that up as many times as I can on this show. <laughs> I think this is probably like the fourth or fifth time I have. But uh, currently in the regular season. You guys are just like the Chicago Bulls. You guys are split two and two. You uh, split the games against Miami on um, Monday and uh, Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then you guys took an L to the Brooklyn Nets on Friday. But you guys won your home opening against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Monday. What do you think so far about like what the, uh, what they've done in the first four games and how they've been playing? Well, I mean, like performance-wise, we cannot – it's how much can we expect from this team? Like we have a very youthful team and, and people would argue this isn't a rebuilding uh, phase for the Raptors. I think it is. I think that 
you can ask so much of Fred Van Fleet. You can ask so much of Pascal Siakam and the guys who were on the 2019 championship team, but they are not guys like Kyle Lowry. They are not guys like uh, Kawhi Leonard who are going to be these awesome leaders. Like I think that Fred's done a great job in transitioning himself to being, um, I guess, a, a suitable replacement for Kyle Lowry in, you know, since Kyle Lowry has left the team. But again, like this is not a guy who is going to be your bona fide. Like this is he, he still struggles with playmaking. He still struggles with stuff like that. And and don't get me wrong. The first four games have been nothing but, I think, good things from Van Fleet and guys like Siakam. I wanted to sit here and say that this is make or break for Siakam. But like the guy hasn't scored under 20 points in the four games mm -hmm. that have been played so far. He had a 37 point game just the other night. Like the guy is playing phenomenally. And while he did miss a significant amount of time last season, I feel like he's bounced back from that pretty steadfast. And uh, I'm hopeful for the future. Now you mentioned guys, uh, you know, you mentioned Chris Boucher getting picked up in the off season. Like he's a guy who I feel like this may be make or break for him because he's at an age to where if he isn't getting any better, is he mm -hmm. going to eventually start to get worse before, you know, this contract runs out? And, and again, I, I like Boucher. I think he's a great guy to have in the middle. Uh, he's got ridiculous length when it comes to, like, this guy is built like a perfect center. He's, he's oh, athletic sure. as all hell. He's able to put up points when need be. He he plays the rim real well, and he's an, a, a great defender. But again, like, is he going to get any better? Is this a guy who is now going into his 30s that is going to remain somewhat eh, average? on this team or can we get somebody or is, or are we going to have a guy like precious Atua, you know, step up and kind of take fill in that, th those gaps. Cause I feel like those guys are kind of playing off each other right yes. now. And, and I think that they're doing well, but I think if, if we get a guy like precious moving more towards, you know, somebody who, and I, like he's got a lot of years under Boucher, if he's going to improve really quickly, I think Boucher may find himself playing less and less minutes. Yeah, uh, well, I, I like what I've seen from Chris Boucher so far in the early yeah. uh, early part of the Played a great game season. last night. In oh, Miami. yeah. That was he's great. knocking down threes. He's he's active. I, I like what I've seen from Boucher. Um, the, I guess the question to, like, go off of what you were saying is, like, what do you really expect this man soon to be? Do you expect him to be an, a starter caliber power forward slash center for your team? Or do you just expect him to be a solid rotational player off the bench? And I think it's the latter yeah, and if that's the case, he's right around what he should be doing. Um, also, uh, by the way, I can hear it, so I don't know if the mic picks up or if you can pick it up, Rylan. But there, people's guys are doing construction work outside, so that's the reason why this show was postponed for an hour. But uh, hopefully, it doesn't distract from the show. I can't um, hear anything. So perfect, fantastic. It's it's the Lord's work. Uh, so let me ask you before we actually dive a little bit more deeper, because I want to ask you as a Toronto Raptors fan, there were reports about them being in the sweepstakes for a certain six foot 11 scoring forward that currently resides in Brooklyn, New York. Where did you stand on the whole trade rumor situation and whether or not you thought it was the right move to not include a Scotty Barnes in the acquisition of said player. Uh, I would have never moved Scotty Barnes for him. Uh, I'll <laughs> say that right off the hop. Uh, Scotty Barnes is it's he's too young. He's too young, and 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 Durant is. 
Durant. Listen, I don't personally like Durant. I think he's a bit of a shit disturber when it comes to the media, when it comes to like he's not as and don't get me wrong. I don't think it's anyone's responsibility in the NBA to be as forthcoming as possible when it comes to being, you know, interviewed or whatever. And everyone's entitled to their private life. But this guy has been kind of an issue everywhere he's gone. He demanded a trade from Brooklyn after forming this team several times over. He formed this team, by the way. This yes, was he his did. construction because yeah. it was him that wanted to trade Jared Allen for James Harden. They traded Karis LeVert and Jared, Jared Allen for uh, James Harden, and that blew up in their face. Just And they and he was the one pressuring to sign his, his good friend DeAndre Jordan, who is now right in the bench in Denver. And on top of that, like – He's a supporter of a guy like Kyrie, who I feel like is another guy who's detrimental to this team. If Kyrie's on, Kyrie's great. Don't get me wrong. So is Durant. I can't I can't shit on Durant. Like yeah. the guy's an amazing scorer, maybe one of the best of all time. Is he above Michael? Fuck no. Um, <laughs> but uh, and sorry if you're not if you don't swear on the show, I'll try and keep. Oh, no, no, uh, we do. We do. Don't worry. OK. About it. All right. It's, it's no, fine. He, it's fine. Free range. Um. But no, like, I, I, but to that same point, am I going to say that I wouldn't have wanted uh, Kevin Durant on the Toronto Raptors? Absolutely not. Of course, he's he would have been a great pickup for us. I would have rather have seen a guy like Siakam leave than Scotty Barnes. Um, but to that point, like, again, Siakam is playing great. So I can't really say that I would have wanted you know, Durant in exchange for him. I mean, like, would I have taken the trade? Yes. Yes. Like, that's a silly question. Durant said numerous times that his favorite team growing up was the Raptors. He loved Vince Carter. He loved the the atmosphere of the Raptors. And and it would be cool to see him play for us. And every single time this guy's got contract rumors come up or he's, I mean, like he demands the trade out of Brooklyn last year, which they obviously fixed somewhat. But again, like, this Brooklyn team, man, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's uh, a garbage it's... fire. They're they're I can't I think they're currently ranked last with uh, ticket sales in the NBA. That's insane to me. When with you have the... Kevin Durant, I mean, you're, you're with, last with the, with the fact that you don't know how good they're going to be and you don't know who's going to be playing on the on the game to game basis because Kyrie could just decide, yeah, no, I'm not playing for half the season, or Kevin Durant could just like load manage. So there's a lot of variables with that Brooklyn Nets team. But uh, let's pivot back to Toronto, though, and talk about this team. Uh, Rough schedule to start so far. Like I said, they've had it back-to-back. They've had only one day off in between game one and two and game three and four, just like the Bulls. So it sounds like there's a lot of parallels here between the struggles of Raptors and Bulls fans. Uh, The roster, I like the roster. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is a really good roster. Let's run down some names here. Like we have Scotty Barnes, like you mentioned, Pascal Siakam, uh, Fred Van Fleet, OG Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr., Precious Chua, Chris Boucher, Thaddeus Young, and uh, Christian Coloco, who I had no idea existed or was even an NBA player. But I've liked the little like spurts and bits I've seen on highlights. I, I won't lie and say I've actually sat down and watched Raptors games like that it's extensively, I've just been watching like YouTube highlights. Or, like, whatever's on NBA TV or TNT, because, honestly, that's all my work schedule allows me to do. But um, thoughts on this roster, like, and we'll go, and we'll, like, we'll use that to, like, jump right into the the next talking point of the episode, which is our 
normally our six star picks, but we're just gonna do like our like a, a limit of six. I only have four things written down of like things that you've noticed from regular season, preseason, from this roster, both negative and positive, just things that stood out to you. Okay. Um, I'll say this: I watched a few preseason games, one sp- specifically uh, against Boston, and we're a really gritty team. Like these guys, for the most part, are very young. Um, the leadership, I said, like I said, can come into question at times, but I think over time we can see that start to develop in guys like Siakam and guys like Van Fleet. I would even mm-hmm. say guys like um, Trent. I think that he he has an opportunity to be a really good leader for this team as well. Um, but I will say, like, um, our biggest problem, is, I think, right now is getting started. We are a really good fourth quarter team uh, for the most part. Don't get me wrong. I've seen the Raptors fall apart in the fourth quarter plenty of times. But um, it's getting that that mojo going in that first quarter, first quarter, second quarter. Mm-hmm. Like, the guys need to start playing a little bit more aggressively. Defense, I feel like, has always been a strength for us. But, like, you need to combat that with consistent offense. And if you don't have that, and like I, I like again, I love Van Fleet and I love Siakam. But Siakam's played four really great games. But mm-hmm. are we going to start to see a fall down like we did last year? And yes, I know he spent a lot of the time injured last <laughs> year, but also it wasn't his most consistent year. Trade rumors were rampant around trade deadline time. Yes. Um, and these are things you're not hearing about a guy like Van Fleet. Mm-hmm. And, and and like uh, I will say, a guy who I know is constantly in the trade rumor uh, circle when it comes to the Raptors is a guy like OG Ananobi. Yeah, don't fucking trade this guy. <laughs> this guy's gold. He is gold, and do just don't do it because this team I feel like has done nothing, or he, he's done nothing but improve since Kawhi's left, mm-hmm. filling that gap. And he's a guy who can hit that fucking shot from anywhere. If you yes. want him to shoot threes great if you want him to play defense he's great if you want him to drive and and put up two he can do it too and he plays aggressively so again please please yajiri don't get rid of this guy you you, i know (laughs) listen i don't say too much about uh masai yajiri's decision making because he always seems to come out on top he promised us a championship he got us Kawhi, and he did it he promised us scotty barnes was going to be better than uh, expected and he certainly was yes so (laughs) So for, for me to, to crap on a decision, like, I just, I don't want to see, I know OG may be asking to leave and go play in a different market or go play for a different team, but like, make this guy happy, throw the bag at him because he deserves it. Yeah. uh, That's actually, I'm going to use that to jump on to my next point, which is the Toronto Raptors perimeter defense. That may be an issue. And if you trade a guy like an OG (laughs) Ananobi, then it's going to be almost non-existent because you can't really ask your sophomore your second year player and scotty barnes to be the face and the backbone of your perimeter defense they, they have some solid defenders on the team mostly in the front court that can protect the rim but it's really like in the perimeter where the issues struggle like you see a fred van fleet he can't really stay in front of like a donovan mitchell mm-hmm. or like a Kyrie irving like he can only do so much and that's through no fault of his own because he's out here hustling he's giving the effort uh game in and game out but Again, his size doesn't lend to that. You're starting Gary Trent Jr., who, I'm sorry, is is not a defensive defensive guy. Like, he can have some good moments, but he's not going to be a guy that you could be like, 
here, lock down the team's best defensive player, or we're, mm-hmm. you're going to have the defensive assignment of the best score in the perimeter. And they don't have that right now. The only guy that can even come close to that is OG Ananobi at this point. And that's that's one of the things that I've noticed from these games, that either they start off uh, they start off slow because they're letting the scoring the scoring punches from the perimeter of the opposing team go off. You saw Tyler Hero go off on them and I'm not one to judge because he went off on the Bulls too in their in their uh, season opener as well and like backdoor cuts is an issue for them because they'll they'll watch the ball handler and they won't watch their guy in the perimeter get an easy cut to the basket. So, an OG Ananobi is one of the few players on this team that can actually like fill those needs. So if anything, mm-hmm. you need to find more guys like OG Ananobi on this team. So I'm I'm with you there, Ryland. Like that like their primary defense might be an issue this year. Um but it's gonna have to be a team effort and you're gonna need a guy like OG. Right. Um, and certainly like with a coach like Nick Nurse, these things can all play out just fine. Like I, I'll give Nick Nurse all the credit he deserves. This guy has done nothing but perform at a, an elite level of a, you know, we're talking about coaches, but an mm-hmm. elite level coach, and he can coach these guys into a really good position. No one expected them to make the playoffs last year, and yes, we did get bounced by the 76ers, but no one expected them to make the playoffs, and we played hard in that second half of the season. So it's all about getting off to the right start. Two and two is not what I would have want to see, but at the same time, we're not. Pl- we, who, who is it right now? The Jazz that are four and zero. Oh man, the Jazz are gonna win the NBA championship this year, <laughs> led by Bulls legend Larry Market and Cavaliers scoring legend Colin Sexton. Jesus, like this, this don't, don't even get me started on the Jazz. I might want to <laughs> just talk about the Jazz for like two hours, just because they're so crazy. Uh, what do you have? A, what What about what's next, Ryland? Like, what What else do you have on your like analysis or like things that you've noticed? Is there anything else you have on your list? What's next? I mean, like, I would like to see. I would. I mean, like, I again, like, when it comes to guys like Boucher, uh, and yeah, like, uh, I don't know. I, I would like to see somebody more elite at that position. Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean, like, whether or not you're going to be able to trade a Boucher or a, an Achua for for a guy that's going to really lock down the center position and, mm-hmm. and and be able to defend like some of your better centers in the league. I don't know, but I would really like to see somebody in the middle that, that makes it very difficult to throw up twos and yes. to, and, and to uh, just, just a guy who can give the Raptors some breathing room to, even if we're not starting off hot in the first couple of quarters to be able to just be like, okay, we're, we're, we're still in this game because that's, I think the biggest problem is like, the Raptors, when they start to fall apart, they fall apart. Big. They, it, 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 when, when a team starts to pull away, it takes a lot for our guys to really get back in the game. And I would like to see somebody, you know, be able to prevent that. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. Okay. And look, man, like you're touching on some of the same points. My next point here is uh, they have plenty of length on this team. There's a lot of length, but they still need size, specifically when it comes to guarding bigs in the low post or just like stopping like perimeter players from getting to the basket. They can run into an issue when when they face a team like, let's say, the 76ers and you have a Joel Embiid or you face uh, Denver Nuggets and you have uh, Jokic. Or, you know, the uh, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, and you have to deal with not only Carl Anthony Towns, but a Rudy Gobert, and that could become an issue. So I guess my question for you, how would you address this issue? Would you prefer uh, more of a rim protector, 
like let's say you're able to get like um like a Rudy Gobert, Jared Allen esque player, like someone which you prefer, like let's say even the Miles Turner. Let's say you're able to like make a trade for like a guy like the Miles Turner, who I is think Miles on the Turner market. would be a really good fit for that position. Um I mean and, and like I don't know. I, I just know that what we we have I, I don't know what exactly I want, but I know that what we have now isn't <laughs> gonna get us it's not gonna get us where we wanna go. Like again, we won the championship in 2019. And yeah, the world kind of folded over after that for a few years and, and basketball mm-hmm. was weird for a bit, but like I've, we haven't performed and I get it. It's a completely different team. We don't have guys like Serge Ibaka. We don't have guys like Kawhi Leonard and, 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 and amongst the other ones, uh, Gasol, but there's gotta be, there, there's gotta be a way to get this team to that next level without having to, you know, hope that you know, we get a great draft pick or hope that, you know, we can make a, a ridiculous trade for a guy like a Durant. So we don't need to, you know, necessarily protect the rim as much because we've got a guy mm. scoring 30 to 40 points every game. Right. Um, Because I, I, like as much as I want to say that I think Siakam and Van Fleet and uh, OG can knock down these ridiculous games and, and, and like, I think our I think our bench too is is really something to 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 look at. Like Malachi Flynn mm-hmm. is playing pretty fantastically as well. Yes, I forgot to even um, mention Malachi. And, and and he's a guy who again I hope we lock down. I think that we did resign him. Do we not? You could, you could be correct. Uh, don't hold me to it, man. <laughs> I did okay, not check on Mal- the the contract status of Malachi Flynn before the podcast. <laughs> fair. Um, but no, I, I think that like I said, like we, that's the position i think we have the most trouble with right now and i feel like now is now's the time for boucher to really make a stamp on his time in toronto mm-hmm. and again I, I i like the guy i'd like yeah. to see him do it but if if by you know trade deadline we're starting to you know think that we could do better figure mm-hmm. out let, let's formulate a trade to do better because i don't feel like this team deserves to be a first round team I feel like we could we we have all the power to try and push for a conference final. I do. I think we'll get there. No, <laughs> I'm not going to be. I'm not going to sit there and say that. But who's to say that we can't? Like I think again, last year the Raptors surprised a lot of people with Scotty Barnes and yes. him being able to perform at the elite level that he has. And when he's on the court, the game is different. You got to really watch this guy. So mm-hmm. he can go off at any point. And when you've got guys like Van Fleet, Siakam. Uh, and 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 uh, and an Obi like there as well. This is a dangerous team. So locking down that center position, though, I think is the biggest thing the Raptors need to do. For sure, I, I definitely think that's a glaring uh, hole in their starting lineup and the need for the team. Because right now they're starting Pascal Siakam alongside an OG and an Obi and a Scotty Barnes at the four positions, and you got Gary Trent Jr. starting with Fred VanVleet, which adds to my per- lack of perimeter defense. And the lack of size. So that's it's a good starting lineup. And against certain teams, yeah, you can get away with it. Like even the Chicago Bulls, like the one thing that like they would be the issue there would be the fact that they can just post up Vooch on Siakam or whoever or Boucher in the low post and they could probably right. get buckets every single time. The thing is that unfortunately for the Bulls, sometimes they don't recognize when Vooch is in the post and has a mismatch and don't feed the man. So you guys may be okay if you're facing the Bulls. They they may or may not take advantage of that and exploit that that mismatch. But that is an issue, especially if you guys are trying to get 
deep into the first because I think you guys are a, a, um, a playoff lock. Like in our team, uh, in our team uh, standing preview video for the Eastern Conference, we did kind of have you guys either at, if I'm not mistaken, at the eighth seed, and mm-hmm. that was only, only because uh, we kept moving around Miami and Chicago and Atlanta, and then I think we just like had to come to a consensus. But I, I, I do like the Raptors more than I like a Miami Heat. I do like the Raptors more than I like a, an Atlanta Hawks or a Brooklyn Nets. Heck, I'm more confident, maybe this because I'm not a Raptors fan, but I'm more confident in the Raptors and the Bulls some games because yeah. I feel like they, uh, this is another point I'm about to add, is they have scoring, they have solid scoring from this team. They have solid, like, team defense when they don't just, like, fall apart like the Bulls. But they also have three-point shooting consistently. You have a Fred mm-hmm. Van Fleet. You have a Gary Trent Jr. You have a Pascal Siakam that's making those shots. OG Ananobi, Chris Boucher, Thaddeus Young's taking some shots. You know, you have guys more spread throughout the team that's knocking down clutch, timely three-point shots because that's the key is timely three-point shots. They help you either get back in the game or extend the lead or keep a lead. And that's something – that the Bulls desperately need because sometimes the, their players go cold, like uh, Caruso, Kobe White, Ayo DeSumo, Patrick Williams. Don't get me started on Patrick Williams. I, I might have to do a whole-ass podcast on Patrick Williams and what happened. I feel like the Monstars took all his basketball abilities <laughs> because the man just stands in the corner and refuses to do anything on offense. But, geez, I'm not trying to go off. But <laughs> but that's what I do like about this Raptors team is that it does seem like they have a lot of scoring, solid uh, solid three-point shooting. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, like, again, when it comes to three-point shooting, I feel like we're one of the best. And it, I'm sure the NBA rankings would be way different. But I feel like we're one <laughs> of the best teams in the league for it. Like, Van Fleet, mm-hmm. that guy can hit it from almost any position at three. OG Ananobi has proven to be a guy who can hit threes ridiculously um even malachi flynn like he hit a three uh in on monday night in miami that was fantastic um mm-hmm. that's another thing about this team is they play like a team lots yeah. of passing lots of opportunity for anyone and uh, everybody to get their points in and that's not something you see with a lot of these top tier basketball teams because you have your stars and they got to get their shit in yeah. um and, and that's one thing that I love. What, what, one of the reasons I love watching Raptors basketball is, is I feel like Nick Nurse has really um, demonstrated that that's how he coaches. We, we are a team. We play mm-hmm. like a team. And everyone has an opportunity to really, you know, make an impact if you can make an impact. If you're going to have a hot game, you're going to have the opportunity to get those points. Uh, but again, like even uh, Siakam, who I feel like struggled from behind the line for – a majority of his career he's been playing great three ball too yeah. so like yeah. again i i can't say too too much about uh, trent can can put it from uh he's put a it in from behind the line like the, these guys have the ability to but but uh, to that same point too like we can't just play that style of basketball mm. you have to try and get in and we're gonna have we're gonna struggle with teams like you said, like Minnesota. You've got two giants in Cat and uh Gobert and, and Gobert who if you don't have somebody who can get past them, uh mm-hmm. if you don't have someone who can pull that Kobe Bryant Pau Gasol uh <laughs> tackle <laughs> from uh the yeah. 2008 Olympics, yeah, we're not gonna be successful against those teams. Mm-hmm. 
I love I love that you brought up that clip from like the Redeem team. I uh, I just watched it. I did. I have yet to watch it, but I keep seeing that one clip, that one like preview of it, and it's it's fucking fantastic. I love me some Kobe. Um, it's a good documentary, although I will say I feel like it would have been done better as like a series. Yes. Uh, yes. An hour and a half is a, is a short amount of time to try and cram in all those years. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is good. It is very good. I got to check that out. Let's talk about the depth of the roster. Like I said, I've, I mentioned a lot of guys. You have a Scotty Barnes, Scotty, uh, can't even speak right now. Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, OG, Gary Trent, Precious Chua, Chris Boucher, Thaddeus Young, Christian Coloco, Malachi Flynn. You guys are at least 10, 11 deep of solid rotational players. And I guess my uh, my big question right here is uh, we, we sort of talked about it already, but what trade would you like to see on this team or not see like 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 by the trade deadline to really push this team to the next level? That's a difficult question. Four games in, uh, four, four <laughs> yeah, games tell, in. Tell that's me a everything. Question. Four games in. We we've, we've done all our studies. That's um, all we need. <laughs> <laughs> I I would I I think that like I said I would love to see a trade for an elite center to really um to really you know put this team together uh dependent upon though how guys like Siakam and guys like Boucher uh and Achua how they play in the next you know bunch of games like uh-huh. I, you know we're we're only 4 games into the season and we're 500 do I like that not really but I'm also not wor- I'm not as worried as I was going into last year because I know we have guys who can go off and I know that Scotty Barnes is a guy who can demand um, attention when it comes to being on the court. And mm-hmm. I think that when he comes back from his uh, ankle sprain, this guy's going to have another elite year. He's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Van Fleet is a guy who had his first all-star selection last year, and I feel like he could do it again. Yeah. The question, like I said, the question of who would I want involved in a trade it's difficult it's difficult because again okay let let me let me ask you this who are your untouchables on this team if you were to say we're going to be able to get a solid center like a solid nba starting caliber center like a miles turner or um i'm not saying him specifically um play compella from the hawks who may be on the market Let's say something like that. I'm not saying those two guys specifically, but let's say someone along those lines. Who would you say he's not on the trade block? I'd get rid of any of these guys here to acquire set talents, but do not get rid of player X, Y, and Z. Okay. Well, this is where it's going to come out then. Um, (laughs) If you're going to trade one of your bigger players, bigger name players to get a that Clint Capella type player or Miles Turner type player in, in the center position. Um, I don't want OG moved. Uh, you can't move guy like Van Fleet. You can't move a guy like, uh, uh, Scotty. Scott. No, Scotty's not going anywhere. I, I, I <laughs> not going anywhere. Like uh, even if, if LeBron Matthew, is available, even if LeBron's I, available, I don't want LeBron. I don't, I don't want aged out LeBron. What if Steph Curry is available? And to tell you, Scotty Barnes, and Fred Van Fleet. <laughs> uh, I don't know if Steph Curry would give the team what they need to get to a championship. I, I like not. I love Steph Curry, and I, I love. I think the Steph Curry brings perimeter defense, man. I think Steph Curry brings rim protection. <laughs> Aside well, okay, from the three point, fair, fair enough. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Um, I just don't know if that that fit would be no, no, no. <laughs> what we need. But but that being said, though, uh, I would trade Siakam if if the guy continues to have uh, interesting. It, it, sorry, continues. If the guy does have a downswing, I think that mm-hmm. we know at this point what we can get from this guy. Yes, right. he's going to have really great games. Yes, he's going to be able to go off in, in certain moments. But if he cannot get to that next level where I feel like like this, this for me, well, I was going to come into this show saying it's a make or break season. And I kind of, I pulled back because of how well he's performed in the four games, but also to that point, it is only the first four games. Like I, I was saying that uh, Siakam is a guy who I, I, like I said, I would rather him be moved than a guy like OG. I don't think given that his brother was just hired by the Raptors organization, to I believe coach in the G League. I don't think Siakam's mm. going anywhere anytime soon. I right. think that that decision speaks volumes. I don't mm. think you hire a guy's brother and then decide to get rid of him. That just doesn't seem like good business to me. But stranger we'll things see. have happened in the NBA. Yes, stranger things have happened. Well, I'll say this, man. Uh, from the outside looking in, I look at a Pascal Siakam and I value him more than a guy like a Clint Capella or a Miles Turner. If you can get yeah. a Miles Turner, because I say what. What the Raptors should do, like as an outsider, uh, like watching from afar, I think you guys keep running with what you have because obviously, mm-hmm. like it looks good so far. There's been some hiccups here and there, but no team is perfect. You wait no. closer to the trade deadline because there's so many people in the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes that are going to try to tank purposely. The Jazz are four and no, so the Jazz are gonna want to take some else. So some players are gonna be available. A guy like a Jordan Clarkson could come off and be a scoring punch for that team. You know, they they uh, Mike Conley could be like a, a a solid backup point guard for any team. Not are, we, are we still talking about Mike Conley? <laughs> I like Mike Conley. Mike Conley I I like Mike Conley too, but it's just I feel like every season we got four or five teams that are like I feel like he might be a difference maker. He could be. I, I, I'm telling you right now, I think he, better I think than he, anything the Lakers got on point. That's uh, true. I, I agree with you 100% on that. <laughs> but I think he might be as much of a difference maker as like a Derrick Rose. You know what? That's a low blow. That's a low blow. <laughs> <laughs> I like Derrick Rose too, though. I like Derrick Rose too. Oh, man. That's a low blow, man. Um, but look. Let, let's say, like, let's use Miles Turner as an example because he's been the name that keeps popping up in, in in conversation. Let's say it's Miles Turner. He's available. I'd probably do a combination of, like, let's say uh, Gary Trent or uh, Preston Chua or Chris Boucher. No OG. No uh, no Scotty Barnes. No Pasco. No Fred Van Fleet. And I'd be hesitant to give up on a Gary Trent Jr. because then you're kind of like have a hole at the two guard position. But if you're able to like swing a trade for like a like a Miles Turner, and you're able to include like let's say a Thaddeus Young and or an Achua or Boucher plus a picker or, or plus a pick, I think that could get it done. That might be even asking too much for Miles Turner. But I think that's that's the thing is that I don't I wouldn't move any of the core three guys or the core four guys in OG if you want to include OG in that conversation. I do. But um, Scotty, OG, Pascal, 
<laughs> Scotty OG, Pascal, and Fred Van Fleet are the four guys that probably are untouchable. Gary Trent is like close to being there just because you don't have anyone to replace a Gary Trent Jr. Unless you're going to get someone in a Gary Trent Jr. trade to replace them like a Buddy Heald or someone else. Uh, uh, but even then, that doesn't fix the primary defense. So I think that's what they do is I think they, sh- they should be a team to look out for that uh, a contender a uh, um, playoff contender that's going to be picking off some of these teams like a San Antonio or an Orlando Magic or, I don't know, try, I'm trying to blank, a Sacramento Kings if they actually don't, if they start going downwards. Like, you know, that that's that's kind of like what I would be looking for as Raptors fans is uh, t- close to the trade deadline, picking up guys to add around the, around the, the, the layers, you know around the pieces that you guys currently mm. have and then see how that team performs. And then you kind of like a, a assess whether or not you'd include Pascal in the trade. Cause if you're trading the Pascal Siakam, it better be for a guy like a Jimmy Butler level or uh Damian Lillard level. It has to be a higher echelon of player. It, it has to be crit. It has to be Pascal with, other assets to get a higher level player to complement a Scotty Barnes, who is going to be the future of this team. That's, that's kind of, kind of where, 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 that's where I stand. Cause I, I like Pascal. And if you give me Pascal on this Bulls team, he fits in perfectly with what they need at four, you know, but mm-hmm. that, that's kind of like where I stand. Um, let's, uh, let's move on, man. Unless there's any final things you want to talk about this team, we'll move on to our awards. Let's All do right. it. Okay, so if you guys didn't watch the previous uh, previous team preview with the Chicago Bulls, and I don't know what you're doing, go ahead and check that out after you finish this episode. But we're gonna we're gonna be doing consistently finishing off with team awards. Obviously, we have the regular season awards, but these are gonna be team centric. So we're gonna start off with a pretty easy one here. Who do you think is gonna be the scoring leader on this uh, Raptors team? Well. I'd really like to say Scotty Barnes because I feel like Scotty Barnes could fill in almost any of these right. uh, these awards. But I'm going to give it to my man, Fred Van Fleet. I think if he can stay consistent from behind three and he can play as aggressive as he does driving in. And this is a guy who reminds me a lot of a Kyle Lowry who yes. does not care how big the guy is in front of him. He will try his best to get past him. He can be a little bit inconsistent from in front of the line, but at the same time, like I think this could be this guy's an opportunity to be our scoring leader. I think uh, Trent is right up there with him. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think he's quite there, and I also think that OG has a run for it as well. Depending upon how much OG can go off, I mm-hmm. think all three of these guys have the opportunity to take it. But I'm going to go with Fred. All right, uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna go with Pascal right now. Four games in, he is leading the team in scoring with 26.5 points. Uh, right behind him is Gary Trent with uh, 18.5, and then Fred Van Fleet with, uh, with a solid 16. That can change, obviously. It's a short sample size of games, only four. But I think Pascal might be getting more touches depending on the, the matchup in game to game. So I'm, so I'm going to give it to Pascal. I'm going to give okay. Pascal that he's going to lead the team in scoring at the end of the year. Um, moving on, who do you think is going to be the – and I, I we might have the same answer here. Uh, who's going to be the defensive player of the year for this team? I think it's Scotty. It's it's, it's either going to be Scotty Barnes or OG. I think. Yeah, that's where that's where I was going to go with it. And Uh, just and just because they both they both of them they play great offense and then they're able to run back down the court and play great defense as well. These guys are consistently moving. There isn't a lot. There isn't. 
like I don't get me wrong, I love showboating in every sport. Mm -hmm. But when these guys make incredible plays offensively, they're not sitting there taking in that moment. They're right back down the court, making sure that that moment isn't um, ruined by uh, a great play from the other team. Um, so I say that uh, it, it's going to be either one of these two, but I'm going to lean more towards OG just because he has more years in the league. And Scotty, I think, is going to be more useful, you know, putting up points rather than playing defensively. I could be wrong, though. Uh, I'm going to go with OG. I'm with you, man. That's uh, that's kind of like my solid answer based on what we've been uh, talking about so far. He's the one guy on this team that I'm like, that guy can play defense. Mm -hmm. That guy can lock someone up. And I'm not sure if it's even close. Like Scotty, I want I wanted to give it to Scotty. Like I, I wanted to give every single award that I mentioned here to Scotty Barnes minus one because he can't do that because he's going to be starting. But it's it's like man, I don't want to put too much on the on the guy considering that he's only a sophomore going into his uh, second year of the of his NBA career. So I'm gonna like temper my expectations for Scotty. I'm just gonna let him flourish and do his thing. Uh, if he's just so happens to be the team's X, Y, or Z award winner, then that's that kudos to him. But um, I got OG, man. I, I, I Obviously, he has more of a sample size. You, you've seen what the guy can do. So I'm going OG for defensive player of the Raptors this year. Um, next next uh, award up, six man of the year. And this is kind of tough because you guys are pretty solid at, the, at starting five. You have yeah. Trent, OG, Scotty, Pascal, and Fred starting. So Pickens are kind of slim for the six man off the bench. You don't really have like a singular guy that you could be like, yeah, that's the guy off the bench that's gonna like that's gonna be our dude. But I'll, I'll start things off on this time. But I think it comes down to two guys, and that might just be either Chris Boucher or Precious Precious Achua. What What are your thoughts here? I was going to also say two guys. Uh, I think that Boucher certainly has an opportunity, and and he has. This is a guy who again like. You're going to do it. Do it now. Be that six man that this team needs. But I also think it could be Malachi Flynn. Malachi Flynn comes up again. <laughs> I, I think that this guy plays great basketball. And certainly he's a great guy to back up uh, Van Fleet. Um, if given the opportunity, I'm sure he can go off. I haven't seen a lot of him, so I, I'm not going to sit here and praise him, uh, you too know, <laughs> over and over and over again too much. But like... Uh, I think it's it's down to those two guys. Precious is a great player, but I feel like he needs a little bit more seasoning to to really be able to hold down that six man uh, uh, award. But yeah, I think it's going to be either Boucher or it's going to be Flynn. All right, all right, all right. I'm a, I'm gonna give it to Chris Boucher just because he's been on this team a little bit more. He looks like he's going to be getting more offense, and usually with these awards, it's the offense that wins. So Chris Boucher gets six man of the year. So uh, then my next question here, uh, before we get to the, the big one, is uh, most improved player. Who do you think is going to be the player on this team that's going to improve the most? And before we give it to Scotty Barnes, who probably will be Scotty Barnes, I don't like the notion of giving a second-year player most improved player. Because as you see, like with John Morant and others, it's usually these second-year players that are getting most improved player awards, and it, like it kind of bugs me a little bit, and it didn't used to, but now it does because it's like, as a second-year player, you're supposed to improve. How are you going to give an award to someone that's supposed to improve? Right. I like giving the most improved player award to someone that you didn't think was going to take that big of a leap or the significant leap that they did take. Or maybe they just were non-existent the previous year, and now they're a rotational player or a factor on the team. So that's usually who I like to give it to. But obviously, you're free to like 
give this award to anyone, but who's your Toronto Raptors most improved player? I think if we're watching the first four games, I think that Pascal Siakam is. Again, I know we spent a lot of time hurt last year, but this guy has been performing fantastically. So if if this stays consistent, I think this will be his best season. And, yeah. and and for me, like that's an improvement. Like you, he's played the times he's played great basketball at times he's played average basketball, but right now he's playing great basketball and I want to see it continue. Uh, I think I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to go ahead and give it. This is tough. I'm not going to give it a Pascal because I think this is just him going back to his previous, previous form. You know, he's getting back to that level that he was playing before. So, again, I don't want to give that to him. So, I'm going to give it to uh, a precious to Chua. He might, he might step up. We're talking about needed a center to start things off. Maybe he, he develops to being that guy. I like precious to Chua. I, I saw him push the ball in transition a few times. So, like, if that's a thing, watch out. Um, so, I'll give it a precious to Chua. Okay. Might, uh, just because I, don't, I didn't want to give it to Scotty nor Pascal. But it, it might just be Scotty. Um, but speaking of that, most improved player, I mean, uh, most valuable player, MVP. Who's the MVP of this team? And uh, I, don't, I don't think you can't not give it to Scotty Barnes. I think he's going to continue to be a phenomenon. Like, this is a guy who, when we drafted him, everyone went, What? What are you doing? Why would you not go for who was it? Um, um, Suggs? Jalen Suggs. Suggs. Suggs, yes. Yeah, and, and and honestly, like I'm happy we went with Barnes because I mean, and don't get me wrong, I know where Orlando is a place where players, mm-hmm. uh, young players, go to die. Um, but I'm happy with the decision. I think that uh, it was the right decision. Ultimately, he was yes. the best dressed guy at the draft that year, <laughs> and he continues to be one of the best players on this team. He's he's MVP caliber. When we're talking about just a singular or singular awards for the team, I think that mm. he certainly has all the opportunity and talent and drive to get that. And he's going to be my MVP for the Raptors this year. All right, I, I'll, I'll say uh, I'll say this. I'll, I'll give it to Scotty. If he really is the uh, the the Raptors' best player, but I think it might end up being Pascal consistently throughout the year. Like I said, I think I'm a little bit more high on Pascal than you are, and that's that's fine that's, because that's many that's a few years of Pascal playing on the team and us yes. not getting back to that that position. But it's not necessarily all on him either. Yes, yes. Uh, but if Scotty does take that next leap and becomes like an All Star, like like gets to that All Star level type play. And he will be the MVP. And I will say this. This team will go as far as Scotty Barnes takes them. As 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 quickly and as steadily as Scotty develops, takes that leap. Because he's got to be this team's best player in order for them to be on that next level team, that top echelon of teams in the Eastern Conference. Right now, I don't think they currently are. I think they're still like a top six team mm-hmm. at best. Like maybe they can like get home court with number four. They did get the fifth seed last year, which uh, rounds out my uh, final question for you before we sign off is team projections, uh, total uh, total win projections for the season. Last year, if I'm not mistaken, they ended up with uh, 48 wins to close off the year. Uh, what's the over-under? Do you think they go over-under on that? I think I'm going to say very slightly over. Very slightly uh, over. Okay. So I, I, 49 I wins, 50? 
I, I, I think 50s is what we can ask of this Raptors team. I don't know if it'll happen, but that's what I'd like to see. Okay. Uh, the East is a little bit more tougher this year. Um, yes, it is. I, do they get 40? I think their cap is 48 again. Like, okay. best case, 50, 49, and that's going to have to be a, a n- number number of factors. It's going to have to be everyone on the team playing well, them taking advantage of teams that they should be beating, and then other teams around them falling apart or, like, having issues with injuries. And, again, hopefully there's no injuries because that could derail this Raptors team because as deep and as great as we just talked about them, they lose one or two guys from that starting lineup, and it's start, you know, starting to look downhill for them. Like, if they lose Scotty Barnes for a significant portion of the year – that could be uh, detrimental to the team. Even the Pascal Siakam, I, I know you're like not as high, but if if Pascal no, but not if playing, he goes out, if he goes out, we're, 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 it, it can be detrimental. You're right. Yeah, because I'm looking at the teams right now. You you look at Boston, you look at uh, Milwaukee, you look at Philly, who's struggling right now. You look at Cleveland, and you look at Miami, and you and you look at Toronto. Like out of all these teams right now, the ones I would clearly put above the Raptors right now would be the Cavaliers. The Bucks and the Celtics, the Sixers, if they get this shit together, maybe. But and that's only because MB would be a dominant force, and I don't think uh, they have anyone that can really stop a Joel Embiid on this Raptors team. And that's no, no, no knock on the Raptors because the Bulls are currently undefeated, like, like have yet to get a win against Joel Embiid and these Sixers. So mm-hmm. who am I to talk? But I think the Raptors are right there with a team like a Miami, a Chicago, a Brooklyn, and Atlanta. They're right there for a top four, top, like top five seed in this team. And worst case scenario, they're a playing team. But uh, I don't think they fall out of the plane. I think worst case scenario for this team would be a plan. But best case scenario is to get home court. I think right. that's that, that's kind of where this team is for me. And um, yeah, man. So I'm, I'm going to go and say they, they they stay around the same. 40, 49 to 47 wins. It's my projection for this team. All right. Uh, Ryland. Uh, Quickly plug uh, anything you want to plug uh, before we sign off on the show, man. I know you got some stuff coming up with Wednesday Night Wallop. Uh, yeah, so uh, if you want to check out Wednesday Night Wallop, we release that episode or we release that show every week. It's where me and Kyle Joseph talk about AEW Dynamite. We have our top five format with along with a bunch of other segments. That is our main show. We also have World's Funniest Podcast, which is released on the last day of every month. Uh, our Halloween edition is coming up where myself and co-host DK talk about uh, pretty much an- anything and nothing. We also review James <laughs> Bond movies. Uh, we're right. on the onto the Daniel Craig series, so we are almost finished. We've almost watched 25 movies in the last year and a half, so we're pretty excited about that. Our next episode, we'll be talking about Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, which is both the best and one of the worst James Bond movies I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, so there's that. Um, as well as uh, we have, uh, we're planning a WrestleQuizdom come, a WrestleQuizdom comeback. Uh, Kyle wants to do a championship uh, tournament at some point, or a, yes. a, a champions tournament at some point. But we need to get some more few up, few more episodes out before we do that. So look mm-hmm. forward to that. Uh, this this evening, Kyle and I are sitting down to do our first Wednesday night rewind for uh, the first time in a long time, mm-hmm. um, and that will drop on Halloween as well, where we're going to be talking nice. about Hell in a Cell 2013, where the scariest thing on that show was CM Punk having to face Ryback in the Hell in a Cell <laughs> match for the second time. Um, 
Uh, other than that, uh, Ryland's Morning Sports Report will be on its way back. I'm going to definitely have to get Vince back on to talk NBA. Yes. Uh, as well as I want to get a baseball and uh, maybe a hockey episode in. I love hockey, but like trying to find somebody to talk about hockey with is yeah. it's difficult. I can um, imagine. So with all that being said, though, like, no, if you want to check us out on any social medias, it's at WN Wallop on Twitter, WN Wallop on Instagram. Just type in Wednesday Night Wallop onto your Facebook uh, or Meta. What do people in the States call it Meta yet? No, I think it's still Facebook, man. Okay. So, yeah, the, we're, people aren't going to let that one die. Um, <laughs> if you want to find us on Facebook, it's just Wednesday Night Wallop. Look for myself, Rylan Turner, and Kyle Joseph's name. Follow us there. We post all our episodes pretty much on all of our social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to find us uh, anywhere to listen to us, we are on Spotify. We are on Deezer. We are on Amazon Music. We are on Podbean. That is our home base. So, please give us a follow on any of those places. And uh, thanks again, Vince, for having me on. It's uh, I was Course, nervous man. before i came on because i'm not the most well-spoken guy on the podcast like i did all right you're plenty well-spoken man like don't let kyle make you feel any more <laughs> of a pascal siakam you're an og ananobi in my book thank uh, you <laughs> no man I, I get you i get you like i said man being on the show with basharat like he brings the advanced sets and everything i'm over here like man i don't know if i'm as well-spoken as basharat even though i'm like like i'm the i'm like the host of the whole goddamn thing but no nah, man i had to get you on you've invited me so many times to do either Wednesday night wallop or the Ryan Turner, uh, Turner uh, morning sports report. I keep butchering stuff. That's today. okay. It's a long title. I've been thinking uh, about a way to make it easier on everyone, but it's 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 hard. Yeah, no, no worries, no worries. I I had to condense the name of the show as well. But yeah, uh, you can follow me on social media at SES Vince, Instagram and Twitter. You can go ahead and hit the link tree there. We'll take to everything straight talk. We have the Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, links, Stitcher. Uh, not on Podbean, uh, as far as I. I'm aware unless uh anchor did that for me because anchor does most of the like like connections with the uh, audio realm but follow me on twitch where we uh do the live recordings either twitch or youtube youtube.com slash scs twitch.tv slash scs just search up scs wherever you want to consume your audio podcast and you probably find the straight talk podcast but for Rylan Turner of the Wednesday Night Wallop and myself, this has been the Straight Talk Podcast. We'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next time with our next team preview. Later, y'all.